Hello, everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright, and I'm here with Nikki Kinzer. Hello, everyone. Hello, Pete Wright. Hello, Nikki Kinzer. Why so uh, soldiery? I, I feel like I'm in a cadet review. <laughs> you know, what's funny is I started working with a, a new client who has listened to us for a long time, and uh-huh. I... I pushed, you know, unmute on Zoom. And I said, hello. And she goes, hello, Nikki Kinzer. <laughs> and it totally threw me for a moment. I'm like, whoa, are we recording a podcast? <laughs> what are we doing here? That is so, anyway. amazing. More of that. Yeah. That is amazing. It was pretty cool. That <laughs> uh, is very cool. Uh, would you call that a win? Are you celebrating that as a win? Yes. Of course, that's a win. Is seeped into the brains of, of clients. That's fantastic. Well, yes. that's, I'm glad and you're I just celebrating go by Nikki Kinzer. <laughs> yeah, just all it's like yeah. it's like Charday, but you're not cutting the name off. You're just adding to it, mm-hmm. right? Just, just more one. Nikki Kinzer. Nikki Kinzer. Pete Wright. Pete, Pete Wright. Wright. There's yeah. just I got rid of the space legally. It's just Pete Wright. Right. That's all it is anymore. Well, I am uh, so thrilled about our show today because we are meeting the third of our new coaches at TCA. Lynn Warner is here. Nikki. Yes, she is. And I'm so excited to talk to her. And Aviva and now Lynn. Like, good job. It's a good job. Thank you. Well, they're wonderful. And I'm honored to have them as part of our team, for sure. Well, I I sure am too. And so uh, honored to be able to introduce them all as we have over the last, uh, over this last three weeks. It's been a real treat to uh, get to know them and to, to um, you know, as we wrap up the year and the season mm-hmm. to be able to to do a little bit more of this. We've got all, all kinds of fun stuff coming up in, in November. Uh, M- Melissa, Discord Mom, has uh, planned my curriculum of podcasting for Techvember. And so we're going to do, we're going to revisit a lot of old shows. So that's something to look forward to. If there are things that, uh, that are now wrong or I don't know, she built a whole thing for me to review and then podcast about. So get ready uh, because I have, uh, I have a punch list. November. Yeah. Tech, yeah. Tech November. That's exactly it. I'm very excited. I about love Tech it. Fem- I think, yeah, Techember. Maybe there's an apostrophe in it or something. I don't know. Anyway, before we dig into our conversation with Lynn today about celebrating ADHD wins, you should head over to TakeControlADHD.com and get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe to the mailing list, and we'll send you an email each time a new show is released. But to really connect with us, head over to the Discord community. It's super easy. You just jump over to TakeControlADHD.com slash Discord, where it will whisk you over to the general invitation and login page. If you're looking for a little bit more, particularly if this show has ever touched you or helped you understand your relationship with ADHD in a new way, we invite you to support the show directly through Patreon. Patreon is listener-supported podcasting. With a few dollars a month, you can help guarantee that we continue to grow the show, add new features, and invest more heavily in our community. Visit patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast to learn more. Do we have any news, Nikki Kinzer? No news. No news. I want to go into our interview. Let's go ahead and talk to Lynn, shall we? Lynn? Lynn? Yes. (laughs) 
Lynn Warner uh, was diagnosed with ADHD after becoming a mom and uh, learned an awful lot about herself. And she ended up doing the work to become an ADHD coach, sought after ADHD coach. And she is here because she is one of our newest and uh, most delightful ADHD coaches. Lynn Warner, welcome to the ADHD podcast. Hello, Lynn. Welcome. Thank you so much. So glad to have you here. Yes. Oh. I love this. This has been such a wonderful little tour of the behind the scenes to have all the coaches come on and be able to learn more about you and about uh, uh, how you do your work and how you help people and, and why you do this work. We are going to get into all of that. But first... First, we have some follow-up. The follow-up comes uh, in the form of some great questions that were actually targeted to our past guest, uh, our dietitian, uh, Nicole Damasi-Malker, who had some wonderful things to say. And these were questions that we just missed. And so Nicole was delightful enough to actually write out responses to these questions. And uh, so we thought we would share them. And if we have any insights we'd like to add to those questions, we will certainly uh, do so here. So... First question, what could I eat in the evenings when I get off work at 8 but need to go to sleep around 10 or 11? My eating routine is crazy due to my work schedule. I try to eat something at work when I stay late, but when I get home, I'm hungry for a full meal. I'm not sure that's a good idea since I need to get restful sleep. Big challenge. So Mm, here's what Nicole says. Great question. (laughs) We're already like minds. Uh, We tend to overeat when we're not eating enough throughout the day. If you can make it a priority to eat something every three to four hours, that will help prevent overeating in general. It's okay to eat late at night if you're hungry. There's a lot of fear mongering around time of day to eat. But if you skip your night meal, you'll just be hungrier the next day and it will backfire. It can also affect your ability to sleep if you're too hungry. On the other hand, if you overeat, you can... that can keep you awake, too, if you're uncomfortable. So I would try and make sure you don't go hours without eating before you get home from work to prevent binging. The best thing you can do is have a meal planned already so you're not eating a bunch of random things that may or may not make you feel well. Amen to that, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I think that the biggest lesson for me right there is the fear-mongering around time of day to eat. I, I know I carry this sort of ghost over my head that says, hey, do, don't eat after a certain time uh, or else it'll it'll mess up your sleep. But I think, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, do you guys have it's any finding thoughts that, on that balance? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely finding that balance, and and uh, I like how she says at the end, you know, not eating a bunch of random things. Yeah. Um, I, I remember when I was uh, worked in retail, and I would get off late, and I'd be hungry, and it was always potato chips. That was like my random thing, yeah, and I totally would just eat out. them until I was full enough, and then I would go to bed. Yeah, not healthy. This is not what we want you to do. No. <laughs> not a good thing. Uh, but yeah, finding that balance and, and, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's tough when you have a, a weird, odd work schedule, yeah. especially if it changes a lot too. Of course. From yeah. day to day. For me, often I'll wake up in the night hungry. Mm-hmm. So I'm still experimenting with what's the right, right mm-hmm. way to get to bed and sleep through the night. That's interesting. I, I, um, I, I don't actually wake up hungry, uh, but I do know that feeling of like feeling like at the end of the day, uh, did I forget to eat? Mm-hmm. I better mm-hmm. catch up. <laughs> right? Like, oh no, I skipped lunch. I better go mm-hmm. ahead and eat everything. Now. Which then it's makes you feel bad because so. you've eaten too much. Um, I mean, yeah. I know that feeling yeah. very well. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. You've eaten too much. Yeah. Sleep terribly. 
uh, wake up mm-hmm. and, and you're feeling feeling bad. So, uh, okay, what are some quick filling snacks that aren't nuts or cheese? That aren't nuts or cheese. Uh, Nicole's response. So Nicole says uh, the goal is to choose a combination of carbs and protein. So you fuel your brain and keep your blood sugars stable to regulate your mood and your appetite. Some great combos. Peanut butter sandwich or any sandwich with meat. Choosing whole wheat bread will help keep you fuller longer. Uh, yogurt or cottage cheese and fruit. Uh, pita, uh, pita bread and hummus. Uh, tuna and crackers. Protein bar. Deli meat roll-ups. Dates and peanut butter. Roasted edamame or chickpeas. Smoothie made with both fruit and protein. Yeah. Uh, leftovers. What a great <laughs> list. But you know what? I'm going to go ahead and add here. Uh, right. Not leftover potato chips. <laughs> Let's go ahead and say that. Leftovers. That's leftovers right. That's with right. limits. But what a great I mean, list because I think, you know, we reasonable. do always hear about nuts yeah. and cheese. And if you're bored of those things or don't like mm-hmm. those things, uh, right. it's a nice variety of, of different things to choose from. For sure. For sure. For sure. So thank mm-hmm. you. Uh, I believe those questions came from Lily that we missed. And so, Lily, I'm sorry we missed those. And thank you very much to Nicole for reaching back out and answering those questions. Hope they help others as well. Okay, let's transition. Lynn Warner, uh, so glad you're here. Let's start. Just talk to us a little bit about how you ended up in coaching. It's really funny you asked that question because you two are instrumental. So I'm kind of a homegrown coach for you guys. I started listening to your podcast while I was going through the process of diagnosis, which, Mm -hmm. you know, like for a lot of people, took a long time. And what I loved about the podcast was that two things. One was your tone is so much more positive where, you know, you're talking about the challenges of ADHD, but the fact that you guys could laugh and banter about it instead of it all being this drag Mm -hmm. and and all the negativity that we feel with ADHD, especially undiagnosed. um, It was just a ray of sunshine for me. So uh, that and the fact that, (laughs) Your audio quality is fabulous. <laughs> some ADHD podcasts, I won't yeah. name any names, but they're harder to listen to, frankly. Good job, It's harder Pete. to get the content. Thank you. So, Thank you so um, much. Anyway, oh, so I did. My a, cup runneth yeah, over. Good job, Pete. <laughs> uh, I did an accountability group with Nikki, and part of that entailed a single a one-on-one conversation. And I wound up asking Nikki about how she became a coach and put myself on the mailing list for the training academy and it took a little while but eventually everything lined up and that became the thing I really really Mm -hmm. wanted to do I did it during the pandemic and here I am now coaching where you guys kind of it's it's lovely i know it's so fantastic i've just i'm really but i i'm honored that that this show inspired you so and now we are here to talk about um you know celebrating adhd Mm -hmm. wins Uh, the way i was thinking about this show before we we started to uh, record was that you know it's adhd can feel like a a nice big heavy sack you're carrying over your shoulder all the time. And uh, it, it takes some real intentionality to stop and, and evaluate, what am I winning at? What am I doing right? Uh, so we started framing this conversation and thought you could help us through, what does it mean by an ADHD win? Well, I'll start by saying that a lot of the clients I work with, and it, this wasn't intentional, but it's worked out really quite well, are... Mm-hmm middle-aged people like me who got diagnosed late. 
So not exclusively, but largely. That's my client base. And because we didn't understand for a long time why things were such a struggle, we've become really, really good at identifying everything we've ever done wrong and why we could have done things better, maybe how we could have done things better, but it might escape us when we need to do it. And so the first question I ask in every coaching session is, and I warn people about this when we first start working together, give me a win since the last time we talked. And for the first several weeks Mm -hmm. of a coaching relationship, there's a blank deer in the Mm -hmm. headlights kind of, uh, and inevitably something will bubble up. And sometimes this happened to me Mm -hmm. this week. I think in the end there were five wins, (laughs) but, but it takes that time. And I tell people right up front, there are two reasons why I'm doing this. One is because I want you to be looking for the wins. We're basically creating new neural networks in the brain instead of always looking for, oh, that thing that I did that I shouldn't have done or the thing I wish I hadn't said. What you're doing, because they know they're going to have to answer me every week, is their brains are starting to look for the wins so that next week, instead of going, mm, they can readily come mm-hmm. up with an answer. And so we're, we're literally just training the brain for, to look for the positives, to look for those wins. And then the second reason is that our executive functioning, which is always challenged in ADHD, is happening in the prefrontal cortex, which is that part of our brain right behind the forehead. And it's the most recently evolved part of the human brain. So when we're super stressed, actually, I don't even think we have to be super stressed. When we're stressed, that part of the brain basically goes offline. And the more um, archaic, you know, the lizard brain, parts of the brain go into action. And that's right. That's what should happen. We, you know, what order in which we should do something is not really a question when we're under intense survival stress. The problem is that our brains don't make that distinction between, is this something that I may or may not survive? Or is this an awkward encounter with a colleague in the office who just said something rude? And now I'm in RSD, rejection sensitive dysphoria, and I can't trust my executive functions anymore because that other part of the brain just took over. So by starting each coaching session with a win, what we're trying to do is move our headsets or mindsets into a positive space where we can actually get to our executive functioning. So, and I tell people that right up front that I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it every time. So start thinking about it. And it's, it's really lovely to watch that progression. The first two or three sessions, everyone kind of stammers. And then by the third or fourth, usually they're like, I knew you were going to ask that question and I have an answer for you. And every time (laughs) I'm like jumping up and down Mm -hmm. in my seat, that Mm -hmm. was the goal. There we go. You know, it's interesting because when you were talking about kind of that blank stare, like I I see that too. And I think it's hard for all the reasons you said, it's really difficult to wrap your head around what did I do well? What when you are always constantly feeling like you're doing everything wrong? What are some examples of wins? And, And I ask you that question because I think that sometimes people think it has to be a big thing. And, uh, and, and you and I know that that's not the case, but the ADHD brain is saying, oh, if I have to report back a win, it's better, it better be that, you know, 
I won the game. Like, not just that I showed up, but I won it. I always find it fascinating, the different answers. Uh, I remember asking somebody the same thing and and their win was asking for help, which I thought, uh, you know, that is a big win to be able to have that courage to say, okay, I really do need this help. Like, I I need more information or I need more time or whatever it was. Um, And sometimes it is just showing up. You know, just showing up to the coaching session when you almost canceled it, you know, or whatever it might be. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's just really important that we let our listeners know they're small and big and and they can impact you. They can impact others. They're there, though. Well, and that, that gets to, to uh, yeah, that gets to one of my one of my questions. And I wonder if this is a frustration that others share, that sometimes it can be really tiring only celebrating small wins. Like you feel like, OK, I got up this morning. All right, great. I've I've celebrated that before and I'm kind of tired of celebrating getting up in the morning. What I really want to celebrate is getting a promotion or, you know, getting married or getting divorced or whatever. I want to celebrate a big transition for once in my life and like something that I really, really want. How do you help people like find joy in those little things when they are having fatigue around lack of progress? I think often those little wins start to add up. And and what I find myself thinking often is I'm watching clients develop that you know the angel and devil shoulder kind of thing Mm -hmm. sorry i'm doing Mm -hmm. this on video so you've got that (laughs) voice on one shoulder saying uh no no this is you do this wrong every time this has happened to you a million times and what we're trying to do is cultivate that other voice that can talk back and so i get your frustration pete but i think that that accumulation of small wins and sometimes especially if you're doing it on your own as a coach you know, Nikki and I are going to get in there and say, well, let's dig around a little bit. And I wouldn't be surprised if we couldn't find something that feels like a more substantial win. But mm-hmm. a friend of mine who's a therapist used a phrase, phrase years ago that I absolutely loved, which was she sees her job as taking a machete to the neural networks of clients' brains so that yeah. they can create new pathways. And so I think you know, maybe, maybe framing that question a little bit differently instead of, all right, what am I grateful for? Maybe it could be what happened differently yesterday that hadn't happened before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and maybe that gives you a filter of, okay, oh, that happened because I've set myself up for that success. Mm -hmm. We, we experiment with what we learned today. Like, what did you learn today? Because learning, like when you can, when you think back to, I just learned something new today, implies an experience. And that experience denotes change or something that, that, that has evolved in your life today. That's another thing to mental model. Absolutely. And I think, uh, as Lynn was saying, as a coach, we're going to dig in a little bit more. And I know that like my curiosity goes to what, what would feel like a win? You know, what, what is something that you're, what's, what are you missing? And are you comfortable adding that, you know, into your routine or whatever it might be? So I think questioning, you know, where those feelings are coming from and what, not only what did you do differently today, but what can you do differently tomorrow to have a a different thought process around it? Well, and I think because so much of it, like you talk about that lizard brain, like, 
I cannot stress how exhausted I am at my brain reacting in what seems to be out of my control. You know what? I have like an oven and a toaster and a refrigerator to keep food from spoiling. Like I, there are so many times throughout the day that I feel like my lizard brain is kicking in and I don't need it. I don't need it. So that that is like like existentially so I have exhausting. A question. Uh, and and so that can that can mask the 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 sometimes the feeling of being able to find a win when I'm feeling can like you, I'm constantly in fight or flight and what don't do you, need Okay, it. so this is a silly question because everybody's going to listen to this and say, "Well, that you should know this, but I, my memory is not serving me." What is a lizard brain? The lizard brain is the part of the brain that we share with other creatures that's really there just to do survival. So it's it's literally other physically parts of the brain that are there to say super stressful. It's it's fight or flight. Oh, okay. Would be All the right. simplest answer. Yeah. So right. fight or flight is like, okay, yeah. I don't have time to put these things in order in the spice drawer. Right, right. <laughs> right. All of I'm that is out away. the window. Yeah. It's time to run away. And and in modern day our brains are still going into fight or flight, even when it's something incredibly minor. You know, I can I can remember having yeah. this happen to me recently. Like when you've run down to the car to do the errand and you remember I didn't bring a mask and mm -hmm. you run back up to the mm -hmm. house and you run back to the car. Mm -hmm. And then one more thing, you know, and your family is sitting in the living room chuckling every time you let yourself in because you've forgotten you know, something. ADHD, yeah, right, right. I see. And and yeah. the voice that comes out of that, especially if you were on a time deadline and didn't really have that time to run back and forth, it is amazing how negative we can be to ourselves for something as silly as that. Okay. Yeah. And it's basically... Yeah. And we get, I mean, because that's, yeah, it, it starts in the amygdala and I started calling this the amygdala hijack, right? Because it's like, this is where the, the uh, sort of sensory experience of emotion takes over like rational thinking anymore and you just get mad or scared or whatever. And it's so great when that happens, when I'm crossing the street and I don't see a car and my body reacts without me having to think about it and jumps out of the way, right? That's awesome. Keep that you know, lizard brain, like do that job. But like you say, when I get terrified of the spice drawer, that's where we mm -hmm. need to draw a line. Yeah. Like, come on, brain body barrier. <laughs> Let's draw a line on on when I actually need you and, and when I don't. And and some of that can creep in when I'm looking for these wins to celebrate, right? Which is like I, I think there is there is a meta experience where I kind of live low-key that is, oh, now I'm I'm sort of scared right now because I can't think of a win mm -hmm. alone. Like in my I know with a coach, I could sit down and we could probe mm -hmm. and all of that. But I'm not living mm -hmm. with a coach like I sit down at the end of the day and I'm like, what did, what happened? That was great today. What did I what's mm -hmm. the best part of my day? And I don't know. And then I live with this. Oh, God. Well, that's the ADHD monkey on my back. That's the ADHD lizard in my brain. And it's preventing me from having any joy in my life. And that's and that's the roller coaster, yeah, right? That's yeah. the feeling of fear, uncertainty, yeah. and doubt. So then the question is, how do we not go down that roller coaster so fast and so furious, right? Yeah. Because at some point, there has to be a pause where you can kind of reflect back to what's going on. Lynn, what, what do you think about right. like how would you help somebody see that pause? 
there's a, a principle that I think of personally as the red velvet curtain, which uh, the best example I can think of is when my kids who are now teens were little kids, we were really, really restrictive about television. And both my kids have ADHD. I've got their permission to say that. Um, and we would get to places where the two of them were just right up against each other. And I was at wit's end. And there's a, a little cartoon called Pingu, if anyone's ever experienced it. It's this wonderful European animated cartoon. There's no language, but absolutely clear what's going on. And they're eight minutes long. So our TV is hidden behind louvered doors. And when the kids would get to that place where we just could not make any forward momentum, you know, we were just in that locked kind of battle. I could pop those doors open, the kids would plop down and we could literally watch a single eight minute video. And when everybody got back up and I closed the doors on the television, everybody was in a different headspace than they had been when they started. So, I mean, that's a kid appropriate thing. But what I'll often do with clients is look for what are the things that you could do that bring you pleasure or even better joy that you can use when you catch yourself in one of these spirals downward. And it happens to me all the time. My favorite is look for a room in the house where no one else is and play music on my iPhone and dance around like crazy. And maybe it's just one song, maybe it's two or three. By the time I turn off the music, I'm in a totally different place. So catching yourself is the tricky part. Mm -hmm. And again, that's one of the things that a coach is going to work with you on. But you can totally learn to do that yourself when you feel that spinning. That what is something you can do that will just absolutely break the mood, put you into a different space, and then you've, you're back to where you can reach for your executive functions and you can make better decisions, and then you make your choice about what happens next. This is that, I mean, we've, it, we've talked about it, the, the, the similar language that we've been using uh, over the last year or so is just pattern interrupt. Like, what is it that you, that you do to stop the pattern that you're, that you're repeating right now and start something new that, that is more beneficial with the aid of your executive function? You may need a reminder. So it's also good to have reminders. We've talked about this before with joy. When we talk about joy and we talk about having things around you that that bring mm -hmm. you joy, having more of that around you so that you can look at a photo or a photograph or something to to trigger that, okay, I need to stop this pattern, you know, um, because it's not going to be instinctively. I mean, it's not going to happen instinctively to say, oh, I'm in the middle of a spiral. I need to stop. Right. Um, but, uh, having those things around you might, might help you at least say, I don't feel good right now. I know I don't feel good right now. I don't want to continue. You know, maybe this little reminder can help you get back on track. What, so how does this relate to leaning into your strengths, like being able to sit back and recognize what is it that I'm that I'm good at? What is this? A, a, I don't know what we're talking about, a, a sort of a psychosocial skill or a practical skill. How does leaning into my strengths aid in in celebrating my wins? I think we're kind of revisiting the angel devil voice a little bit too here where the devil voice okay. tends to be so loud for us. We're so, especially mm -hmm. again, people who've been diagnosed later, which was me. Um, 
we've spent literally decades telling ourselves like, this is so hard. Why does this seem incredibly easy to everybody around me and so incredibly hard for me? And what I find in working with clients, um, there's a tool that a lot of coaches use called the VIA Character Strengths, which I ask everybody to do before we Mm. start working together. And it's a free tool. It's absolutely fantastic. And the idea is there are these 24 character strengths and there's nothing about it in which you're losing, right? Everybody has all 24 of these strengths, but in but they get ranked for you as you go through this questionnaire. And the top six or seven are typically referred to as signature strengths. And what I find is that signature strengths are usually the things that are so deeply baked into our personalities that if someone were to compliment you on one of those things, you would shrug it off. Like, you know, I don't think it's thank it's you, but just right. You hear that. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Right. Like, it's right. just literally a shrug. Like, no, nah, I don't, I don't have to work at that. I don't think about it. And because of that, we don't see those as strengths. We see those as things that come naturally. But one of the joys of getting to work with all these different clients is getting to watch how those 24 things get re-ranked for each person. And so the same thing that one person is striving for and really, really struggling with is number one on another client's list. And they literally would just go, "Eh, Mm. yeah, uh, that's easy. And so helping people identify Mm -hmm. that and see that those things that they're good at, that they want to pretend don't matter, are in fact really crucial. And so an example of this that I have is a client I started working with quite a while ago, now graduated, who, when we first started talking, there were a couple of things that were coming up again and again and again. And probably the top one was the messy apartment. So we'd meet over Zoom and the the background was blurred. So I had no idea what the apartment actually looked like, but it came up every week. And it was such an emotional drain for this person. And, you know, organization, tidy, cleaning, these are not typically ADHD strengths with rare exceptions, right? So it came up again and again and again. And what happened over a period of time was this client decided that maybe what they needed was house cleaners to come every other week. And part of the reason we were talking was that they wanted to find a job and they weren't able to do it. And so there was this of course, this tension between I'm going to spend money to have somebody clean my house when I don't have a job. They finally made the decision. Mm -hmm. They hired the house cleaners and within a month they had a full-time job. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was no accident. Mm -hmm. This was somebody, instead of bedeviling themselves with the thing that they weren't good at, they hired somebody to do that, got themselves out there. I believe they got that first job that they interviewed for Mm. and they're still there and still enjoying it and so there's that great sense of if we stop threatening ourselves with all those things that are hard and instead let ourselves take that easier route there's real success to be had you think about the Richard Branson the 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 famous ADHD years or uh, Adam Levine comes up a lot too. Mm-hmm. These are people mm-hmm. who have been able to play to their strengths. And part of it, of course, is financial success means you can hire people to do everything else sure. for you. But <laughs> yeah. right? Right, right. So it's easy to shrug off that stuff that you don't want to do. But But I love to look at that model and think how many of us, if we were in a position to just farm out the work that we 
think we should be able to do, but really don't like to do at all, wouldn't that let most of us free ourselves and and move much more happily toward the things that we we can fly with? Mm-hmm. Great example. It is a great example. And I think part of the lesson, though, is like, how are you approaching you know, or conceptualizing what you can let go of. And you you bring up financial resources. That's number one. My my hypothesis is that some of the frustration will come from just not approaching critically enough the opportunity to give stuff away. If you, like, you know, if you really thought about it, there probably is some stuff you give away without costing you an arm and a leg. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Like, have you really gone through the things that you don't love doing or that are getting in the way of you, as you say, finding that new job? Um, but but I'm sitting there listening to this and thinking of somebody hearing it, it's like, it must be really nice if you're Adam Levine to be able to do that. I would love to pay somebody to go get my dry cleaning just to be stereotype. Um, do, do you have any thoughts on how you can break that process down for somebody who might not be living with Adam Levine's resources. <laughs> Which also is everyone, right. We, uh, we know you're uh, listening. Long time, yeah. Long time yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it mostly boils down to the ability and it's not an easy one. It's when we all have to cultivate, but the ability to just ask the question, I think most of us get locked in these patterns. This client really mm-hmm. concerned about the fact that they just couldn't get their apartment clean when in fact, you know, it wasn't really their greatest problem, but it felt like because they were living in the midst of that. I've had multiple conversations with clients Mm -hmm. recently where their difficulties in a job seem to the client to be entirely their own fault. And in fact, you can ask the question and say, Is it possible that there are jobs that wouldn't put you in that position? And you see kind of eyes go wide of, I never, you know, this is my job. This is what I do. I'm used to bumping up against the same barriers and making similar mistakes. And I think that, Nikki, you just said this, that, that pause, that ability to stop for a second and try to get a different perspective on a familiar situation is probably what it comes down to. That uh, while we see ourselves in, we don't even see the problem. We're, we're just living the problem. And when we can step back. Yeah. And assuming that yeah. it's you, right. it, assuming that that's we're it. the problem. Yeah. And I, I think that's really true. And I, you know, I think this also goes into uh, and I, I, this thought process that I have to do these things like everybody else does them, or I'm not good enough, or I'm not good enough to do this job. Um, and, you know, a lot of times with the work that I do, it's learning that we're not trying to put our circle selves into a square. That's not the purpose. Our purpose is to find out what does work for you. How do you play into your strengths? And you don't have to tell your employer, well, I have ADHD, so I'm not a great organizer. You can tell your employer that, you know, uh, it may take me a little bit more time to get through the details and get this back to you. Um, But it's going to be great 
when you get it, like, you know, like I'm very thorough yeah. and I'm very, you know, I'm going to be able to do this. I just might take a little bit more time. So it's working with who you are and how you work and not comparing yourselves to other people and see that as a strength. I think that's what's so disheartening sometimes is that people beat themselves up so much when it's not their fault. They're yeah. not doing anything wrong. They're just doing it differently. Yeah. Totally agree. I think yeah. creativity that via character strengths that I referenced, creativity and curiosity are so frequently up in the, the mm -hmm. top few. And, and yet I often see clients who are profoundly creative not feel safe actually using their creativity because they they've internalized all the rules around them about how you're quote-unquote supposed to do this thing or that thing mm -hmm. and so asking those questions and and stepping back to say you know maybe I I do know of people who've actually been able to move to different positions within the same company when they were able to find the right way to talk about how they do my my favorite phrase and that is this is how i do my best work mm. which is a nice way that's a to great step outside. phrase this is how i do my best work yeah i love yeah. that oh people need For to sure. write that down <laughs> that's really good yeah that's really good pause <laughs> right. write pause. it down everybody pause <laughs> this pause is, podcast. yeah but it's important Please, that we have that language and i think that you know sometimes we don't think yeah. of it and um being able to remember oh lynn said this this makes sense i can say that it, it, it's mm -hmm. important i had a client yesterday who i was working with and he was explaining to me uh this project that he had and he just finished it and his boss had the opportunity to listen to him on a call talk to this employee and he they both got off of the call to do kind of a recap and she said I just want you to know that you handled that masterfully and I was like that was That's so nice. nice and I said you need to write that down because yeah, someday you're going to for sure. forget or you're going to think that, you know, you're going to doubt yourself or whatever. But I want you to write that down and remember that, no, this person said that about you because you're you did such a good job in that in that moment. And uh, so, you know, it's this just it reminds me of we talk about the gratitude journal. We need to have a wind journal. Mm -hmm. You know, when these things come up um, yeah. and you feel really proud, uh, you know, write those things down so you can go back and, and look at that. And especially on those days where you're feeling a lot of self-doubt and um, ADHD is loud and frustrating. Yeah. You're capable of, of doing these great things. Take, take, take lots yes. of screenshots. Yeah. Like, I feel like looking at things in context, if somebody says something nice to you in social media, uh, which, you know, celebrate in that. Itself. Just, yeah. as a win because, because there's a lot of mean stuff. Not completely yeah. broken. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, seeing it, I, I think there's something really important about seeing it in context. Like if somebody writes a letter of recommendation, take a picture of the whole letter. So you see letterhead and you see signatures, like seeing a, a nice thing about you in the context of the world is really important. So uh, I think that's great. I use I still use day one for that stuff. So everything is 
Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and wrapping it back to the beginning when Lynn talked to, to talk to us about why she became a coach or what inspired her to be a coach, we just kind of shrugged that off. I'm very proud of our show and I'm really proud of you, Pete, and of what we do and that we can inspire someone like Lynn to uh, to go into coaching because she's an excellent coach and it's what she was made to do. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, I want us to have our own kudos too, because thank you, Lynn, for bringing that up and sharing that. And I'm honored that we were part of that journey for you. I'm grateful that you were part of that journey for me. I would not be here without it. That's great. And I predictably had a real hard time (laughs) even hearing that. And so I did shrug it off and put it right back under the desk in dark shadows because I can't take compliments. So... (laughs) Thank you. I I do mean that. I thank you very much because I am also proud of the show and of the, the audio quality mm-hmm. and of all of the technology that goes into it and of how we do the show. So thank you. I'll just say that out loud. I Absolutely. It means a great deal. Well, thank so. you for being here. Yes. Yikes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Thank you so much, Lynn. You're the best. We, I've got uh, links to uh, where people can learn more about you uh, in, on the uh, site. What can, can you just tell us uh, real quick? What kind of coaching are you doing for for TCA right now? I'm working with adults, and again, it's kind of accidental, but my specialty has apparently become working with folks who've had later diagnoses. It's not exclusive, but mm-hmm. it's where I live, and so it's something that comes naturally. It's really easy for me to identify the common problems and help people find solutions. Uh, So yes, I'm working with adults and uh, really, really enjoying it. Mm -hmm. Well, it means the world to us and to those you're working with. Thank you so much. You can learn more about Lynn. And uh, I think are you are you actively taking new people right now, I, or are we waitlisting? I think no, we might I have be a little bit of room, and I probably have yeah. a few people graduating okay. in the near future, which is bittersweet, but something I'm proud mm-hmm. of. Okay. Absolutely, you got to let them go. Fantastic. <laughs> let them let fly. Go. Let them fly. <laughs> Well, we sure appreciate you, Lynn. Uh, thank you, everybody who is listening to the show for listening and downloading. We appreciate your time and your attention. Don't forget, if you have something to contribute to this conversation, we're heading over to the Show Talk channel in our Discord server, and you can join us right there by becoming a supporting member at the Deluxe level. On behalf of Lynn Warner and Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll see you back here next week on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast. Mm-hmm.